grace psalms that we sing to you, Lord. Thank you. And let us, like we sing in this psalm, Lord, proclaim your glory, proclaim your beauties, proclaim your gospel this morning, proclaim your inspired word, Lord. Help us. Help us to be edified by you. Help us to be encouraged by you. Help us to understand the text, Lord. And help us to apply the text. We come to you with humble hearts. And we ask in you, Lord, for you abolish abortion. For you close the mouths of the false teachers. And close the doors of the four churches. That may you gospel shine. Oh, Lord. We pray for this nation that you open their eyes to your glory, to your word, to your kingdom. Please have mercy and grace. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so last, last week we learned and we hear by God's word that Paul was calling by God to be an apostle. And he had this mission. He, in the past, planting this church in Corinthians in order to advance the kingdom. And now he's writing this letter to the church. We learn also that Paul was calling to listen his word, to listen the word of God, in other words, to listen this letter to those who are in Christ, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ. They're being called to be saints. Paul, remember, remind this church that they are calling to be saints, to be like God, because God is holy. We must be holy. We learn that the qualification also for those who are in the, they're not anymore, but those in the past who are holding the office of an apostle, they must to see Jesus Christ. They must to be ordained by God. Christ, ordained by Christ, by Christ laying hand upon them, ordained by Christ, because Christ command them to plant in churches, to advance His kingdom, and we know that we have false teachers, we have false apostles that they think they are apostles of Jesus Christ, but they're not. Like we have one here in OKC who is holding, according to him, the office of an apostle, but he's not an apostle. God never called this man to be an apostle. Why? Because he not made the qualifications of an apostle. He must to make miracles. He must to be ordained straight by Christ. He must see Christ with his eyes in order to be an apostle. And also we see the nature of the church. That the church is built with the saints, with people of God. So the church who see the church who believe in this clown, that he say that he's an apostle, and I'm gonna mention the name of that so-called church, Ecclesia of, Mus of Oklahoma, that they think they have an apostle, but they don't have an apostle. And people who has listened to this guy, who has listened to his false teaching, they must run away. 
Why? Because he is not a messenger for Christ. He is not a, an apostle of Jesus Christ because there is no more apostles. There's only pastors. And Paul is going to address in this time that we have fellowship with this Christ. So Christ found the church by, by the apostle Paul and then this Church have fellowship with Christ. And I think the big idea of this verse, the verse number four to verse number nine, is that Christ, or we have true fellowship and service to Christ, and it's only to the redeemed work of Christ. We have fellowship with Him. Not because we are attendants to a church. Not because we have a name of church. We have fellowship with this Christ because he is united with his believers because he is one with his believer the triune God is one with his church and that's the nature of the church and that's the true fellowship brethren so stop thinking because we are meet together Every Sunday of every Wednesday, and we share meals, and we share some good ideas and bad ideas, and we share we we probably share share the same views and some political views and and sport views or whatever, and we like the same movies and we speak the same language. Stop thinking that that's fellowship. That's not fellowship. The true fellowship of the church is in Christ. If you are in Christ, we have fellowship. If you are in Christ, we have fellowship. But if you're not in Christ, you cannot have fellowship with us. Does not mean that we're going to close the door to you. Does not mean that you're not welcome here. Does not mean there's a chance to you be part of this fellowship with Christ. But let me explain to you. First, we have to understand the grace of God. Look, verse 4. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. Paul, first of all, he's giving thanks and he's giving you, he's giving his affection for you, for that church in Corinthians, saying to you, I give thanks. I pray for you to God. The Father. I give thanks to you that you are saved, that you are in Christ, that you was sanctified in Christ, that you received my gospel. He's gonna say later that he proclaimed his gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I give thanks that you are sanctified in Christ, that Christ, that God calling you saint, that you receive grace and peace. I give you thanks, brother, for you. And that's the heart of the true, of the true servant of God. That he is praying for his people, for those who are in his hands for a moment. That Christ led him to shepherd this flock. And he's giving thanks for this flock. He's giving thanks for this church. But he's giving thanks always. Notice, always, and I'm going to ask you this question to you, brethren. Do you pray for your, for your fellow brothers? Always. Are you are praying for those who are your brothers, who are, who are in the same fellowship with Christ. 
But Paul is praying. Paul is giving thanks. Paul is thankful with God for the grace. For the grace of God. He mentioned that was given you in Christ Jesus. This grace was not given to you because you was Jewish? Or because you was a good person? Or because you don't commit any crime or violation of the law? He was giving to you as a gift. A favor was made to you. Because God is love, God is grace, because God is grateful, because God pleased to give you grace. And this grace, brethren, is unrepayable. You cannot pay back to God. You cannot have this guilt in your heart that God, I, I owe you a favor. No, you don't own anything to God. God paid for everything. God give his son to you in order you have grace, in order you have fellowship with him. That's, what, that's not wonderful. Doesn't that encourage you today, this morning, that you receive this grace freely? There's no guilt. There's no way to have guiltiness in your heart. Yes, we sing every day. Yes, we fail every day. But brethren, you are with this Christ. You're not earning this grace. You're not earning this grace. This grace was given to you freely. With no conditions. With no payback. You're not making a contract with God. God, if you say me, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to sign down the contract. No. It was free. It was free, brethren. Sometimes the reason that we're not, uh, we not appreciated this grace is because our negligent to the word. Sometimes we forget that we've been saved by grace, that we are saved by grace. That we was receiving grace in Christ. We forget it. Don't forget it. Be always like Paul. I give thanks to God for grace. I give thanks, God, for the word of Christ in me and other brothers. I give thanks. I'm happy. I'm rejoicing because you, brethren, you are safe. You are in the same ark. Paul not only gave thanks for Corinthians, he also gave thanks to the Roman church. Look, Romans 1, Romans 1, 8. He's giving thanks. Grace to you. No, I'm sorry. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because you, your faith is proclaimed in all the world. In all the world. He's giving thanks. He's always giving thanks for the church. He is always giving thanks to his people. To God's people. Why? Oh, brother. Because we receive grace. Because he paid it all. He made us free. But free for what, Juan? Free for what? Tell me. To you come to this God and worship him. He make you free. From sin. He make you free from condemnation. For the curse of the law. 
That's not enough. That's not giving you motivation to you walking in holiness. And that's what Paul is telling. It's trying to tell this church. You guys, pay attention to me. You receive this grace. You receive this grace in Christ Jesus. Christ paid for your sins. Then why are you acting like that? And let me pause for a moment. I'm bringing you a little bit of the context. What was happening in that church? Was it not seen leading everyone to destruction? Was it not people in that church who think they have fellowship with Christ? Like the man, like we're going to see probably in law, maybe two months, three months. Like this guy was dating, having sex with the mother. And with the wife of the father, we're not going to see that they not appreciated the Lord's Supper, that they, they not approached to them with reverence. We're not going to see that they have a mess inside in the church. So Paul is telling them, are you receive grace? Do you receive grace? Do you are in Christ? Do you have this fellowship? And who is the owner of this grace, brethren? Who is the owner? Christ Jesus. He gave all things to you and me in order for salvation. And after salvation, He gave us everything. He gave us knowledge. He gave us all gifts that we need to worship, to have fellowship with Him, to keep this fellowship, to have, to have this perseverance of the saints always. To persevere in the, in the Christian life. To walk in holiness, to walk in worldliness, to walk in fear, to walk with Him, hand to hand, glorifying Him. Verse 5 says that in every way you were enriched in Him, in all, speech and knowledge. You are enriched in Christ, in all. In all your life, if you have fellowship with this Christ, if you have fellowship with the Son of God, you are rich. You're the most person rich in this world. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about financial. Don't worry about what's happening in this country. Don't worry about anything. You are rich because you have the blessings of the gospel. Providence. It's abounding your life. God is giving you your daily bread. He's giving you His word. He's keeping you safe. He's, he's walking with you until the end. And He's being faithful to you to the end. But why Paul is saying this? Why he's mentioned to the Corinthians, you are enriched knowing Christ and a speed and a speech, I'm sorry, and knowledge and all gifts because Corinthians, the Corinthian church, is there start embracing the culture. So the world was inside in the church. The church now was out of the world. Wicked become in fellowship with them, their unrighteousness, sit with them in church. But what's good? Yeah, because they're going to receive the gospel. That's what we need. People come and receive the gospel. But the problem was in Corinthians that they acting like a Christians. 
They, they are worship this God with all regenerate heart, with no new mind. And that's why Paul is warning them. Do you have riches in Christ? You have the blessings of the gospel? Or you don't have it? Because if you have received the blessings of the gospel, good, you are in Christ. I give thanks to you. But if not, believe in Christ and be safe. Trust in him. Repent for your sins. Trust in him. But he's mentioned also in a speech. In a speech. Look with me one more time this verse. Verse 5. A speech and knowledge. He mentioned two things. A speech and knowledge. And that reminds me, brother, when I was studying for this sermon, this verse in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and say this. But you receive, listen with me carefully, power. When the Holy Spirit come upon you and you will be what? Witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He not only received the blessings of the gospel. And you know what that means, the blessings of the gospel. Already teaching you in the past. That the blessings of the gospel is what? Regeneration, new heart, new mind, grace and peace. That you can come and take the Lord's Supper as a, as a covenant proclamation, as a means of grace. But also you receive the Holy Spirit, the power also to preach, to share with others the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be witness in the world, in the end of the earth, to be witness in your home, to be witness in your church, to be witness in work, to be witness in the street, to be witness everywhere. Everywhere you walk, brethren, everywhere you walk, you must shine. Why? Not because you moral action, but because the gospel, but because the power is in you, because God giving you His Holy Spirit, God giving you grace and peace, giving you everything you need in order to advance your kingdom. The big question for you and me is, where I am? May I doing this work? May others see that I have fellowship with Christ or not? You receive power, remember. You receive the power of the Spirit. You don't have in even even you don't have to earn it. You don't have to pay it. You don't have to look for it. You receive in the moment of your salvation. You receive the Holy Spirit in order to help in you, in order to you testify your fellowship with Christ. And the reason you are changing is not because you're reading a good Bible. Or you're reading the Puritans. Or you, read, or you are hearing good message. The reason you are changing. Or the reason you are walking in godliness and holiness. Is because the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul said. I give thanks to you church. Because you receive this great power. Because you receive all this. Also remind me. In Acts chapter 4 verse 29. And now. Lord, look upon their trees and grant to your servants to continue what? To speak your word 
with all boldness. Granted what? Courage. Granted what? Power. Grace. Mercy to who? To keep speaking this word. To keep advancing your word. So the Lord equip you. The Lord giving you everything you need to live the Christian life. To be mature. To run away for the for the to run away from sin. To mortify sin. He giving you every tool you need. And we need to understand this, brethren. That it is not about us. We don't have the power to live in fellowship with Christ. He gave us that ability to live according to His Word. But also it's mentioned knowledge. You receive knowledge. You not only receive the ability to speech. You not only receive the ability to testify about this great King Jesus. You receive knowledge. You're not ignorant anymore. You receive this knowledge. And he's going to mention in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. And he's saying this. For now we see in the mirror dimly with a face to face. Now I know in part that I shall know what fully and everything I have been fully know. Means this. I see this mirror, and I see my condition, but also I know that the Christ is in me. That I'm not live for myself anymore. That I'm not live for my pleasures, but I live for Christ alone. So actually, Paul is it's exhorting the church. Do you are in Christ? Do you really are in Christ? Or do you ask, do you, do you are a member of a church? Like in our process of a membership, we must have not 100% secure, but we must make sure that you are a believer before you enter in covenant with us, before you have fellowship with us. I don't care if you know the five points of the covenant, of the five points, of the five solas, or you, are, you understand our confession. I have to make sure that you are believer in order to we open as a church to you we open to you the gate and you have fellowship with us. Not because you're attendance. There's some churches that they, they proclaim others members because they're attending faithfully in Sundays or, be, or because they're attending for a long time. They're proclaimed members. Well, you are a member. You know, common law. That's not biblical. We make sure that we have fellowship. Not, in our, not only in our theology. It is important having it. It is important having unity in doctrine. Like we confess the 689 London Baptist. And we agree with our catechism. It is important for us. But one thing what is not negotiable. That you are in Christ. You must to be in Christ. Why? Why? Because that's what is written. Believers make church happen. Not unbelievers. And, and this is this is the this is the more horrible thing is happening here in America. That the, they are planting churches around the world, they're planting churches around the state with unbelievers. They open a building, they have a name next week, they have a great logo, they have good 
cup of coffees. They have a, a, a great t-shirt. They have a bunch of books. It, it, it looks pretty nice. And because they're coming, we think this is a church. No, no, sir. What a church is about believers. It's with believers. It's with those who have fellowship in Christ because they know this God, because they know our Savior, because they know this great salvation that we have in Christ. In Matthew eleven twenty-five, 25, Jesus said this, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things for the wise and understanding and revealed to them, to who? To the little children. He's talking about you and me. He hiding to the wise. He hiding to the more knowledgeable men in the world to you, to give it to you as a children. You receive knowledge. You receive the wisdom of God. You don't have to go to another church and say, hey, put your hands on me and I need to receive the word of knowledge. No, you already receive it. Because the Holy Spirit living in you. Because you know this Christ. Because Christ is one with you. But what that means knowledge then, Juan? Experiential spirituality. That we must live as a spiritual men. We live in the spirit. We walk in the spirit. There is not such a thing that there is half and half. The only thing is half and half is the cream for my coffee, brethren. It is a great thing. But there is not half Christian and half, half unbeliever. Oh, there is, there is this, this um, foolish comment by persons that sometimes they make that they are walking in the flesh. Can a Christian walk in the flesh? Yeah, can a Christian walk in, in disobedience for a while? But not, a, not for every time. Because we receive the Spirit. That's the knowledge, brother, that we understand the blessings of the gospel. And this is great motivation for you, unbeliever. To not be fool. To not be, to not be wise in your own understanding and thinking that you know everything in life. Look, this great wisdom. Speaking and knowing to areas to the Corinthians. Is this that the believers inside they become proud because their gifts? You know, I can speak tongues. I can have the word knowledge. I can have the word prophecy. I can pray. I can teach. I can preach. And they, they are they are pray for. They are pray about that. I you not even see a church that they have a multiple teachers. They have a lot of teachers in the church. And everyone is a teacher. And everyone teaches others. That's kind of like the church. Everyone know, Everyone have to do something. Everyone need to do something. Everyone think because they do something, they have fellowship with Christ. And that's wrong. Don't become proud of what you receive. Don't think better than others. Don't be, don't be, don't be this kind of full man that think that everything is around you and it is about you. No, brethren, the reason you have fellowship with Christ is in order to minister others, serving others, serving your great God. Testify about Him. He received all gifts. 
When a Christian falls in sin, brothers, laziness, infective service, that, that means that he cannot serve in church, impurity, it's not because he locks anything for the Lord. It's because, it's because he, he is negligent to the word. He's negligent to the spiritual duties of his life. He's not faithfully praying. He's not faithfully reading and studying. He's not faithfully having fellowship with the brethren. We are the body of Christ. We must to be united. And then Paul, in verse 6 and 7, is, he's explaining to the Corinthians, this is the testimony of the divine grace. The divine grace, I'm sorry. God grace, my, uh, beloved. Think and remember, it is a gift. It's not alone. You not own God anything. You receive the testimony. You receive the life, the eternal life. Christ is in the believer. Christ is with him. He is one with him. Understand that. Make sure that you are in him. Make sure that you are walking with him. And say like Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, I... Um, to know nothing but Christ. I don't want to know anything else. I'm not here to speak in you with, with eloquence, words, but I'm come here to you telling you this is Christ. You worship this Savior. You are with this Savior. Christ was confirmed among us. By God, by how? By the work of the Holy Spirit. We receive new heart, new mind. We have new desires. We have a new obedience. We now obedience now the, the sin of the world. We obey God's law now. We obey His commands. We obey His will. And we have pleasure in His will. We are not lacking of any gift. The church is confirmed in Christ's work of the Holy Spirit. The church is not confirmed in, in their preaching, in their way they worship, or the way they, they do church. The church is not confirmed upon the building. I don't care if you have a big building. They cannot be a church. It is, and let me ask this question for those who are looking for a biblical church. It is the work of the Holy Spirit among or inside or when they gather together with them it is the work of the Holy Spirit with them it is the Holy Spirit among them it is the presence of God with them it is with them there's no lacking but always hungry always thirsty like Jesus say are you thirsty are you hungry come and eat for, to me Come and eat me. Come and drink from my blood. Come and drink for the living waters. That's the testimony of the church. That the church always hungry for him. Thirsty for him. They always the Holy Spirit word. Saving new, um, new believers. Saving unbelievers. Calling believers to repent. Walking in holiness. Shining. Planting more churches. You just look the church of the first century. What he, they're doing. And they're waiting for the revealed Christ. 
for the second return of Christ. They will be complete. They have this hope. This is the testimony of the true church. They have believers. They have the work of the Holy Spirit. They have hungry and thirsty for God. They're waiting for the second coming. That's why they live according to the scripture. Because they know the time is flying. And they don't know when he's going to come. That church is ready to receive his king. God's grace is not offered to good people. But to sinners. What's offered to us. We receive that grace. We receive that testimony. We receive the law. We receive Him. Not like the Pentecostal thing that we receive in our heart. No, that is no such a thing. We receive His testimony. We receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is among us. But let me ask you this question to you, Christian. Can you see in your church that the work of the Holy Spirit is there? No matter if it is big, it is small, it is the Holy Spirit with them. Because is God testified that He is with the people? Remember the context of this letter. What was happening? There's a lot of gifts. Everyone teaching, everyone prophesy, everyone doing miracles, everyone is speaking tongues, everyone do this. But what will happen with sin? Sin was Raining there. There was no, there was no order in that church, and where there is no order, there is no Holy Spirit. There, brother, stay away from the idea of the Pentecostal churches that they say, "Well, whereas the Holy Spirit is free, yeah, it's free for worship God, not to do whatever I want, not to do whatever I please." But to do what is written in the word. To do that. To, order, to obey that. But the unbeliever. Do you see the testimony of Christ? Do you see that the Christ resurrect from the dead? In order to save you. In order to call you to repentance. That the Holy Spirit is there. Is calling you. And, and this is another question that we can make brother. And probably we're going to do the second part. But this is the other question that we can make. What is the Holy Spirit in the preacher? What is the work of the Holy Spirit in the preacher? I ask yourself and judge me. It is the Holy Spirit in me. Proclaiming His word. Because in these last days, brother, we have mo everyone is a teacher. Everyone have to say something. Everyone have knowledge. But that knowledge is from the Holy Spirit. St be aware. Be aware, Jesus said to us. Be aware from the false teachers, for the wolves, that they come with sheep clothes, they look like us. But there, and we see in verse A, the divine grace is in God the Father. God the Father is the author of the grace. Nothing else. Not the church. But God the Father. 
Grace, brothers, this grace that we receive, this is the benefit, number one. The grace that we receive sustain us to the end. To the end, brethren. He is faithful to the end. The work of the Holy Spirit in church, to the end. He's working in his church. He's building his kingdom. He's advancing his kingdom. Not through your money. Not, not through our labor, but through his power. You're not, can, can you give thanks to God that God make you a part of this great fellowship in order to, to advance the kingdom with you? Can you see yourself as a servant of the Lord? Because you are with this great God, with this great King Jesus. No one can lose this grace, brother. You cannot lose this grace because you not earn it. Because you not pay for it. God give it to you freely. With not merit. Not because you you good life. Not because you financial. Not because you was a lawyer and now God is using you for be a lawyer. No, brother. No, and you cannot lose this grace because Christ pay it all. Pay everything. The second thing. And we have in this verse about the work of the Holy Spirit and the benefits, future benefits of this grace is this, guiltless in judgment. Read with me verse 8. Who will sustain you to the end. Guiltiness in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about the second coming. He's going to present you this, brother. When you die, or, or when Christ coming, if you are, if you have fellowship with Him, He's gonna, He's gonna present you like this, perfect. Why? Because I plant in a lot of churches. No. Because I give a lot of money to the church. No. Because I was faithful to be in church Sunday. No. Because I live in American, a Christian country. No. 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 Why? Because He perfect work. Because his perfect work. Because he bleed blood for you. Because he gave his life to you. Can you give thanks to that? Can you be grateful? Because his perfect work. Not because you church attendance. Not because you vote for politicians who are conservative. No. Now because everything, look, look what Jesus said to this, to this group. Lord, we pray in your name. We preach in your name. We prophesy in your name. We do this in your name and die in your name. Is that a part of me, evil doers? I never know you. Look the words of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I never know you. Why? Jesus have a Alzheimer? No. Then why? They're not with him. They don't have fellowship with Him. So you make sure that you have fellowship with Christ. Make sure. Because if you are an unbeliever and you don't have fellowship with this Christ, oh, my friend, you're going to perish. You're going to be thrown away to hell. Because He's going to say to you, I never know you. No matter 
How many times you sit in that church? No many how many times you give money to that church? No many how many times you be faithful to the ministry of the word there? And not matter, brethren. It's not matter if I was preaching from this pulpit. If I'm not united with Christ, I'm going hell. I don't care if I call the Puritans. I don't care if I confessional. I don't care if I believe in family worship or this and that. I don't care. Because God don't care. I'm running to hell if I'm not if I'm not united with Christ. That's why I make the question later on. No, after yeah, later on. Do you think the Holy Spirit is working in the church? If not, run away for your life. Run away for your life and find a church. Were they proclaiming the word? Where the Holy Spirit is there doing his work. Because you are part of the body of Christ. John Gill, a Baptist, a Reformed Baptist commenter, commentary, say this according to the text, verse 8. Christ, when he shall come and take his saints... With him, he's going to present to the Father perfect and glorious church. Not a messy church. He's going to present a perfect and glorious church. Why? Because he indwells with them. I close the quote. So our perfection, brother, are not in obedience to the law. But don't run away. And be heretic and say, well, there's no need for law. No, no, no. Perfection is only in Christ. The, the reason you can exercise and obey the four commandments. I want to give you an example for, because we are in the Lord's day. The reason you obey and exercise the four commandments is because His work. Is because the Holy Spirit. Is because you have fellowship with Him. So don't clap yourself. Clap Him. And give thanks to God because you receive grace and you receive this fellowship. You was invited to this fellowship and now you are in fellowship with Him. So keep that in mind in order to live according to His will. And He's giving you the nature of this divine grace in verse 9. That God is faithful. That God calls you by grace. That God make you one with Christ by faith in Christ. That God giving you the blessings of the gospel only in the word of Christ. That you got communion with Christ in public and prior and private. The reason you pray alone, Christ. The reason you read the scriptures alone and you have enjoy, Christ. The reason you come to public, uh, to public worship and participate of the Lord's Supper and listen to listen go, uh, God's word preaching, it's because you are in communion with Him. He's faithful. And that's the hope of the Christian life, brothers. That we are in fellowship with Christ. That we are in partnership with Christ. And that's the assurance of our salvation that we are in covenant with Him. We are in His covenant. And He's faithful. He's not broke His word. He's not saying, well, I save you today and tomorrow you lost. I got you next week. No. 
you are safe, you are with him, you are in his covenant forever and ever. That's the true communion. That's the true fellowship. Don't believe the lie that because your attendance to church, stay away from that, uh, the, the, that mind. Not because you bring donuts and coffee to church. Not stay away from that. We don't want you anything for you. We want you repent and believe in Christ alone for salvation. In order to have fellowship with God. I don't care about have fellowship with you. I care about having you fellowship with Christ. And that's the error that many people attending today to church. Because they are speaking the same language. Because they, are, they have the same uh, ethnicity. Brother, we are one with Christ. For in every nation, for in every tongue. Stay away. That's not true fellowship. The true fellowship is that that church have communion with Christ in public and prayer and private. Whatever he say, God, he will do it. He say, I'm good with you until the ends of earth, until the ends of your days. I'm with you. What you need? What do you need more, brother? In conclusion, believers, believers, Pay attention to my words, please. Knowing and experience this divine grace as yourself. How will you live your Christian life and your daily life and work and family with your neighbors and with your local church? How you will live in your Christian life, knowing this? How are you going to live your life then? How are you going to keep Doing what you're doing in work. Are you going to be faithful witness of the gospel? Because you are in Christ. If you are in Christ. If you are in Christ and family. Are your family shine with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ? It is well represented by this great gospel. Oh, our church, Lord. Our church, brethren. Is our church well represented by the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can we say that we have Fellowship, not only in covenant members, but in covenant with God. Are we are with him or no? How about our neighbors? Can I never say this? Yeah. That's a Christian. He's not like, you look strange. You, you not look like this word. And I'm sorry if I use this example, but can, can, can you owners? Okay, can you can you co-workers and your master say this about you? You're not like the rest. That's what that's why I want to keep in you. Because you, you are serving. And it's not because you own works. And it's not because you Good work or you are exercising a good job is because Christ is in you. So give thanks for that. It's not, it's not because you are a good mother that you exercise you, your service in home very well, very knowledgeable. No, it's because Christ in you. It is not about being a good expositor of the Bible. Is because Christ is in me. It's not about because we are a so confessional church. No, it's because God's word, God's fellowship with him. Can you understand that? Please. Believers and unbelievers, you're not a members, member of this covenant. 
You are in great danger. You are in great danger. If you're not fellowship with him, if you die today, you're going to inform the judgment of God and no one is going to say this, I know him. So what you waiting for, unbeliever? What you waiting for to come and believe in Christ for salvation? Do you want to be a wise man? Repent for your sins. Trust in this Christ alone. Look Him for salvation only. And you shall be saved. Because that's a promise, brethren. That's a promise, friend. You can be saved by believing in Him. Not by your works. But because Him. Children. Not because you read the catechism. Children. Not because you sing psalms and hymns or whatever in home and you practice family worship with your parents. Not because you are in homeschooling. But children, you need to repent. They need to come to Christ and covenant. They are not covenant members, the children. There's not such a thing that the children are benefit for in, in the covenant of work. No, of grace. No, they need to be in the covenant of Christ. Why I need my son to be a covenant in member, but not a covenant with Christ? That's crazy. That's danger. Oh, brethren, pray for your sons to be with this great God and be in fellowship with him and have the benefit and have the blessings in Christ from this gospel. And I pray that you rest in this fellowship and come. Come and eat and drink because you are in covenant. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this great opportunity and encouragement. Thank you for how that we have fellowship with you. Lord, that we are in your covenant. Thank you. Help us to shine. Help us to be more like Christ. Help us. Help us, Lord. We need you more. Help us to advance your kingdom for your grace, for your glory, for your praise.